All right, so my name is Ryan Cole, uh, the uh, franchisee Restoration One of Grand Rapids. I don't know if you're, any or all of you are familiar with Grand Rapids. We're, uh, we're a town on the west side of Michigan, second largest um, city in the state, but still not, not, not a huge town by any stretch of imagination. A um, little bit about me. So how I ended up here, um, I spent my first 15 years of my working career as a derivatives trader, um, traded options on commodities and um, indices. I don't know if you've ever seen on the news those guys in crazy color jackets yelling and screaming on the, on the trading floor. That was me for a number of years before a lot of it went digital. Uh, I was working uh, for our firm's uh, hedge funds in early 2020. Um, that shut down kind of during the first big market craziness of the COVID thing and just didn't know what I wanted to do uh, for my next act. So I um, gotten looked at a bunch of different jobs around here and nothing really excited me. Um, got hooked up with a franchise consultant and looked at all different types of, of franchise options um, from my perspective, I really didn't care what the widget was. I didn't really care so much about lifestyle or this or that. I just wanted something that seemed to make a lot of financial sense. Um, so I kind of came at it from a – I found this, I guess, from a, from a numbers perspective, from a spreadsheet. I just kind of broke it down. I, I like the business model, and I don't know, I like the idea of being able to help folks, not a ton of seasonality uh, in the Restoration One business. Um, and most importantly, I started doing some validation calls with a bunch of owners, kind of all in different stages of, of growth from all over the U.S. And in general, these guys are awesome. I mean, they take, you know, hour, hour and a half out of their day, you know, one or two times for all of them. And just kind of walking through, you know, what they're doing, what they like, what they don't. Um, they're just, it's a good network of, of other owners, some, some really bright folks, just hard workers. These, these guys in general are hungry. I really like them. And without knowing much about my local market, what I was getting into, competition, things like that, I said, you know what? I think this makes sense. I want to give it a whirl. Um, so I purchased a franchise without ever drying out a house, without ever <laughs> extracting water. Um, I'm generally pretty handy with stuff, but I, I, I have no actual work experience in this, in this field. And, Jumped in and started helping folks. We are, we're 10 months in. We got operational June 1 of 2021. So we're now 10 months in and overall pretty happy with, with, our, with our decision to kind of go full bore into this thing. Uh, I feel like we just finished up our um, annual convention in Fort Worth two weeks ago, a week and a half ago. And I was talking with someone there about, you know, how it's going, this and that. And I think this is the best way to sum it up is I felt like I kind of got what I was sold. You know, these the, the folks over at Restoration on the corporate level, I mean, it's not perfect, but, you know, they want to help us succeed. And they give us the tools to do that, couple that with the other owners, um, you know, calling them for help. When I go on a job and see something that I haven't seen before or, um, you know, try to draw out a material I haven't seen. Um, just call a couple of these guys up and say, hey, what do you think? Uh, w what would you do? What have you done in the past? And folks, folks are willing to help. So it, I don't know, it, there, there's help when you want it and need it, but they're in no way pushy or kind of 
they let you do, you know, uh, your own thing and, and the Restoration One kind of broad framework. But when you're struggling or have questions, they're there. So I really like that about uh, the business model. Overall, uh, pretty happy. A little bit about me. Um, you guys want to do a little round round robin here? Kind of introduce yourselves, where you're from, and and your backgrounds. Or do you want to jump right into questions? I'm pretty flexible. Hey Ryan, uh, Stephanie here. I I'd like to jump right into questions if that's okay with everyone. <laughs> hey, hey Stephanie, how are you? Where are you from? Amazing. Uh, I'm from Canada. Nice. Uh, whereabouts? Uh, Toronto, GTA. Cool. What's on your mind, Stephanie? So um, I love that you're a newer uh, franchisee, so I'm, I'm really excited to hear uh, more about your situation. The 10 months in, um, you're operational from June 1. Did that inc does that um, factor in your training time and getting up and running, or is that from your first day of, like, you know, actually doing business, or just want to clarify that part? Uh, good question. So I did training April of last year, and I had hoped to get up been running right as soon as I got back from training, so May 1, um, kind of right during the, the COVID, the supply chain issue, even though I had uh, my van, all my uh, equipment ordered February probably. It uh, didn't show up till till late May. So um, I did all my certifications, my IICRC stuff, and my class kind of, you know, March, April time frame. May was just kind of shuffling a few things around, not operational. June 1 is when all equipment arrived, had a van, and flipped the marketing switch on and went to work. So awesome. I kind of I, – I, I just say I started June 1 just, I think, for, I guess, financial record-keeping. You know, that's, that's when I first kind of put myself out there and actually started getting some work. Cool. And are you still seeing any issues with supply chain, uh, supply and demand now, or has that kind of subsided? Um, it still exists. Um, our needs, I kind of got what I, what I need for right now. Um, and our, I have that, so I haven't had to really go out and search for a lot of new equipment kind of all through 2021 I was, I was adding you know, equipment and stuff, um, it still exists. Like the air movers that I like to use, uh, they're Phoenix Focus. Um, I was talking with the rep uh, down in Fort Worth a week and a half ago. You know, those are still really tough to come by. But there are other models out there, and you can still get stuff for sure. It's, it's not great, but um, it's not nearly as bad as it was 2020, early 2021. Um, a little caveat to that, work vans, if you want to buy a new one, um, they're a little bit better, and it's kind of it's dicey. Uh, I was quoted about four months, that was a week and a half ago, to get a new van upfitted, wrapped, all that good stuff. And obviously, you know, the cost of vehicles for your business has gone up about 40% in the last 12 months. So it exists, but it's not detrimental. Yeah, it's yeah. You can still um, still be operational. Got it. Okay. Awesome. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. 
Yep. Who's next? Hey, this is Chad in Orlando, Florida. Chad, how you doing, sir? Not bad. How are you? I'm well, thank you. All right. On your uh, when you started your marketing, uh, what did you do for your marketing when you first uh, put yourself out there? First thing I did, my first hire was a BDM, business development manager. Basically, um, hired someone to go around to our local plumbers, just the local tradesman network around here, and, and get our name out. Um, that failed in spectacular fashion. She lasted about, I don't know, five weeks. Of the five weeks, I think she <laughs> she showed up maybe a total of two. So uh, that, that didn't work out. Um, what I did was um, I used the Restoration One, um, the Google vendor. It's called Thrive Online Marketing. I, I use them. They, they really kind of get your SEO, search engine optimization, set up for you. So when you Google burst pipe near me, help wet basement, um, mold remediation near me, you know, we can kind of consistently get in the top, you know, one to five rankings with all that. Uh, that's definitely helped. Second thing we did was I signed up with, uh, I don't know if you folks have ever heard about it. Uh, it's called 33 Mile. I think it's called EverConnect now. They are a system you pay per lead, pay per phone call. Um, and that jumps you kind of up to the top of the Google search. And it says, you know, find a restoration contractor near you. And they, if you click on that, you know, they route calls to you in kind of a round robin with ourselves and whoever else is, you know, on it in our market at any, any given time. Um, 33 mile, 30, 33 mile radius. Um, pros, uh, 33 mile radius. That's an, all right. Um, this is a, this is a, uh, good, good, uh, spot to mention this, I guess. I, I, um, all of our guys are out working today, so I've got the phone. Um, so if a call comes in, I need to pick it up. So I might have to I might have to mute for a minute or two. That comes in. Pro is about 33 mile. Um, it's delivered a lot of work to us. Uh, I don't know, a little over 400,000. Cons is if you look at each individual call, um, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Our leads in our market, and they're different for each service and for every market. So when a 33-mile call comes in, if you don't pick up, they charge you 400 bucks. If you do pick up and it's a valid lead and you go and you don't get any work, they charge you 400 bucks. Um, if you pick it up and it turns into a $30,000 job, they charge you 400 bucks. So all in all, uh, we spent, I don't know, it's about 13% marketing fee on it, which is pretty good in the aggregate. But... You know, if you look at every time the phone rings, you're like, damn, man, that's 400 bucks. Um, you're going to drive yourself crazy. So um, 10 months in, I just made a, a offer to a BDM, a different BDM this time, and hopefully I have him on here in, uh, in, in three weeks. So I have relied. It's worked out so far in terms of driving cash flow, but I've relied too heavily on online marketing, and I have not 
dove deep enough into, you know, getting out and actually meeting our local network of, of different referral partners and, uh, and that type of thing, building relationships in here. I'm kind of, I'm well behind on, but it's one of those things, the phone kept ringing and we just kept working and this wasn't a priority, but, um, I'm excited to, you know, add a full-time BDM soon for marketing. Other than that, um, I'm marketing everywhere we go. Um, a tenant calls us for a water cleanup. I'm marketing to, you know, the the girl who picks up the phone for the the management office. I'm I'm marketing to the property manager. Hey, we helped your tenant out. Look at a five star Google review. You know, if, uh, next time you can call us directly. Stuff like that. Work with an adjuster. I'm marketing to him. Hey, this is how we do business. Your your insured is really happy here. Um, call comes in from Google, but it's, um, it's an insurance agent that I've never met nor heard of that's in our market. I'm going in and I'm sitting down with them and walking them through their insurance claims saying, Hey, we had an opportunity to help out your insured. She was really happy. Job went well. Uh, here's my card. Uh, I'd be grateful if we could help out more of your, your clients, you know, would you mind referring us? Stuff like that. <clears throat> All right. And you said you've only been in business for 10 months? That's correct. What area are you located in? West Michigan, Grand Rapids. All right. Do you have any Midwesterners on the call? Uh, I'm from Pittsburgh, but now I live in Orlando, so. All right. It's too cold up there. <laughs> it is rainy today. That's that's all right. I've always liked the rain; makes my grass green. But now, uh, think of money. Think of wet basements. So it's uh, it's a good hedge if if the, if the rain needs to get you down. Yeah. Who's next? Hey, Ryan. Richard from Toronto, Canada. How are you? Hey, good, Richard. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for your time and sharing your, uh, your, your starting stages here with Restoration One. Uh, I had a question surrounding some of the payment options. I know a lot of things can be insurance-led in the industry. Have you noticed any delay from some of the insurance providers uh, in your initial startup? And to tie in with that, I know on some of the other calls, I would hear reference of certain consumers with their home, the customers at their home, once they kind of find out insurance isn't covering some of, let's say, the water damage, they're, they're on the hook. Have you run into any issues there? Um, is there a delay in any type of return on, on that effort and, and, and time you've put in to have your money come in? Uh, good question. On average, um, I, I stay on top of it, and it started more as a necessity fuck, I needed uh, I need to meet payroll next Friday. I need to see where these claims are at. So in a obviously respectful you know manner, say, hey, where are we at on this? Can we get paid? Um, so our average um, AR is 43 days right now, which for this kind of work is really good. But that's inadvertently, I guess, uh, kind of been a focus of mine. Um, Always get a couple of insurers who pay really quick. Um, and I was dealing with two adjusters, both from Allstate today, that have had both small claims uh, sitting on their desk since mid-January. 
So um, some are really slow. Most are pretty good, paying within 30 days. In terms of the, um, in terms of, I guess, insurance versus self-pay breakdown, on a dollar value amount, we're probably 80% insurance, 20% self-pay. Most of that self-pay comes from mold work. Um, mold's about, I don't know, 30, 35% of our business, but the average mold claim uh, is quite a bit less than, you know, the average water claim. So it works out to about, you know, 80 cents of every, of every dollar we made in the last 10 months has come from an insurance company. Um, when we get on site, uh, let's say we get a call Friday night, we can't get an adjuster on the line, and we don't know if they're covered or not. Um, as our, we have a work contract that we have everyone sign um, before we get started, and it says a couple of things, but the two big things it says, it says, one, you allow Restoration 1 of Grand Rapids to work on your home, as it relates to this water loss that happens, you know, in your basement from the whatever, the hot water heater. I say, okay. And the second major point is we're going we're gonna to put together a massive but beautiful uh, packet of videos, photos, all this stuff for your agent and get it on their desk first thing Monday morning, and I am going to work for you to try to get this paid by your insurance. If they do not pay, by signing this, you agree to pay Restoration 1 for our services. And when you show up at someone's house at 8.30 on a Friday night and they've got a wet, finished basement, they don't generally say, uh, you know what, let me talk to my adjuster and why don't you come back out Monday afternoon. They say, that's fine, just get me dried out. Does that answer your question? Yeah, Ryan, that's, uh, that's very comprehensive. So uh, to kind of scale back, it sounds like, if anything, a gentle nudge to the insurance provider to see where they're at. But on the other side, with those everyday residential clients who don't have that coverage with the insurance, that's a, that's a phenomenal strategy. And, and I see where you're coming from on the mindset of, hey, you know, you're not going to say too much at 7.30 at night with your... Your newly, you know, renovated basement, they're obviously wanting the professional services you're offering to clean things up. So, Ryan, thank you. That's a very detailed explanation. Um, not a problem. You know, the, the reality is we don't, we don't know, you know, a lot of the time who's going to be paying when we show up on a job. But insurance, the insurance industry as a whole um, has a mindset of if you have an emergency operate, uh, need in your home, it is the insured's responsibility to uh, mitigate that loss as soon as possible. Even if the insurance doesn't pay for it, they still expect you to, to get working on it. And, you know, well, maybe we don't go in and, and let's say it's a Category 3 sewage loss and we have to take out some drywall or some carpet or something. And if, if it's not clear if insurance is going to cover it and the homeowner says look i just don't have what you think it's going to cost to to fix this and i really want to wait for you know insurance there's there's some some things we can do we can get some dehumidification set we can we can start working on that smell we can at least get the you know the the source stopped or, you know, get the worst of it sucked up and then, hey, let's wait till Monday morning. Let's start the let's start the mitigation process. Let's get it to where it's in a stable position, get containment up and everything. 
and let's wait to talk to the insurance Monday morning and see what they say and see if we can get a go-ahead to do everything that we need to do. Thanks, Ryan. If I could also follow up, in your current position, you're 10 months in, it seems like you're focusing a lot of on water and mold uh, you know, services. Have you felt the need to branch out to some of the other services that Restoration One as a group is also open to? Or are you really finding that to be the bread and butter right now and you're very comfortable and thinking that's where you'll remain long term? Uh, good question. So we, um, on all of our marketing stuff, you know, it says water, fire, mold. Those are the three big ones that all Restoration One's focus on. Um, outside of that, you know, we market it online. Uh, anything that kind of goes out to the consumer when they come to our website, they see that. Um, I haven't actually um, looked for a whole lot of firework. Um, we've had some that's come to us, and the reason I was two minutes late is I just finalized authorization to start a fire job tomorrow from USAA. Um, and I've got another quote outstanding. So it's just kind of what, what, the phone, what the phone brings you. I was not too concerned about fire in our first 12 months, uh, act, you know, actively going out and try to get those leads. If I had time, money, other resources to spend, I was trying to sell more water work. Um, simple reason, margins are a lot higher on water work. I can go in set the job up, you know, get a lot of labor in there the first day or so. And then at that point, for the next three, four days, I'm in the rental business. I'm, I'm making money off my equipment doing work. Fire, um, while the overall ticket price is a lot higher, uh, margins um, are quite a bit lower because all fire is generally, you know, it's some rebuild and it's just a lot of cleaning. So got to get two cleaning crews, you know, for a week or two in a house and, or pack everything out and scrub everything and get it moved back in. So it's just labor intensive. And with the labor market, we didn't have excess labor by any means. And in general, we were pretty close to max capacity um, for most of that 10 months, just doing water and water and mold. Uh, that being said, I just did uh, branch out last week doing some marketing with the local Grand Rapids Fire Department um, and a bunch of you know, flyers, actually refrigerator magnets, and they have four spots to advertise on them. I bought all four, so they're printing off 8,000 of these fridge magnets that you write on with Restoration 1 of Grand Rapids logo that come from the Grand Rapids Fire Department. So anything, anytime they're dealing with, you know, kids or have a booth, they're going to someone's home, they're slapping it on the fridge and, you know, just to, just to get, in, get into more of that firework. Outside of that, um, I don't know, what other services, I guess, were you, were you thinking about when you asked your question? Uh? Yeah, it was also on, on the, fire, uh, the fire side, and I know there was some discussion, you know, smaller industrial type. Uh, positions or the biohazard stuff like that that you do see and I know you know traditionally from our conversations people kind of tend to focus on one but you know being in your position that you might want to scale around and look at some other opportunities but if your market's there for for water and mold um, and that's the bread and butter then stick with it so you know I, ideally we, we would honestly do probably 100% water that's where the highest margins are 
But okay. you know, we we got to be we're, we're we are full service. Um, we've done a handful of biohazard. Um, hey, uh, let me put you on pause here just a minute. I'm sorry. Ryan Cole. Everyone there? Yep. Yes. Yes. Hey, sorry about that. That was one of the lovely 33-mile calls. Um, didn't have 400 bucks to spend by not picking it up. I apologize. Um, biohazard. We've done a handful of biohazard work. Um, hotels, um, call, you know, uh, some tenants decided to have a week-long heroin bender left it with needles. We've had a couple large pet odor jobs. One uh, home was condemned by the city. Uh, a woman had 24 cats in there. So we had to go, go in and basically take out a lot of drywall, take out all of her subflooring, put everything back, get everything painted. Um, we've had just one trauma and crime scene. Um, that was actually Friday. That was our first one. There's always, you know, there's always something to do. Um, some other things that some other um, owners do, uh, we're just not there yet. You know, a lot of folks are doing duct cleaning, are a lot bigger into the rebuild side. And I'm not opposed to it, but I'm still getting up and running and cash flow positive. So I don't really want to go out and spend, you know, 140 bucks on a, 140 grand on a duct cleaning rig or something like that. So Our, our motto, and I, this is not mine, this is more Restoration One, what the other owners told me, you know, if you, if you think you can do right by the customer but, and, uh, you know, are legally allowed to do it with your certifications or whatever the rules are in your state, 
say yes. Say yes and uh, try to go help someone. Good things happen. Good. Who's next? Ryan, this is Wendell Lagarde out in Houston, Texas. Uh, Wendell, how are thank you? you for pretty good. Uh, thanks for taking the calls today. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, one of the questions I had, uh, you started out in June. Uh, how many individuals did you start out with, including your ad admin, and where are you today personnel-wise? Uh, we got rolling just myself and, uh, and, and one other guy out of the gate for the first uh, two weeks. Then we, like our second job, we ended up catching a $32,000 uh, hoarder with just a simple um, uh, hot water heater failed. Just the run-of-the-mill wa hot water heater failed, but she let it set. She had a massive, massive basement, and it was soaked and terribly moldy. So we we added uh, we, we added pretty quick. Um, we've got myself and six guys now, and I've got three guys committed to start between April 11th and May 1. Sorry, myself and five guys right now. That's good. Uh, no admin and no BDM right now. I would love a BDM, and I would love an estimator. BDM I would take tomorrow if the right guy walked in, and estimator, uh, I don't know. I could get someone in the next six months. I haven't even posted it yet, but I think that's kind of our next big need. For me personally, kind of what I did is, you know, the first, I don't know, four or five months, I was on every single job. I was, I was taking every call. Um, Restoration One during our training said, let's focus on about three months. Three months of doing that and then kind of back off, get your guys up to where you want them, guys or gals. Get them to where you want them, and uh, let them let them go out on the jobs and and do the work. And um, the 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 role of the owner should be you know growing the business. I took a little bit longer just because I didn't have any background in this, and I wanted a really good understanding of how to draw out a structure. Um, and three months came, and I said, "Dame, I got I got a lot more to learn." So I'm I'm going to keep going out there. Um, did it slow our growth down? I don't know. Maybe I don't necessarily regret that decision. Even now, 10 months in, um, I'm still on jobs sometimes, larger ones. Um, you know, a lot of weeks it's, it's Friday night and our, and our guys are beats, you know, they had 50, 60 hours. They're, they're tired. And, you know, I, you know, I'll take, Hey guys, I got, I got on call this weekend. I'll, I'll take it. And I'll give you a ring if I, something big comes in and I, and I need a hand. So still doing that. It's, a lot of that is just a function of how comfortable you are with your team. You know, you could theoretically get a fantastic team, send them out there, and, and they're out there kicking butt and you're happy. But the reality is you're probably going to have a mix of, of folks. Maybe you got one good guy and a couple that are more just labor. You know, mm -hmm. you're trying to train them and you're, you're trying to get them there, but Maybe they do a, a nice nice job of sucking water and cutting out drywall and pulling carpet and pad, whatever it may be, but you know deep down you don't want to send them in front of, you know, Mrs. Smith from church and walk them through <laughs> your process and everything. That's that's the trick, right? Mm -hmm. you got, 
in my my very limited experience, the, the the really valuable guys are someone that can go out and communicate with a homeowner and instill confidence and expertise. Tell them exactly what we're going to do, why we're going to do it, walk them through the whole process. That makes them a lot more comfortable, not only with you and, and your company, but also what's going on in their basement. That, that's that's the trick. Mm-hmm. So are, are you doing your own estimating, or are you relying on the insurance estimate to come back from the homeowner? No, no, no. Um, I I do I do all of ours. I've got my production manager. He started the last six weeks. He's starting to write more, and we're kind of working together on him. I just want to get him up to speed. And one other guy who's been with us since August is um, even on slow days. I just I keep him here and have him work on the uh, just kind of the rough estimates to to get started on the uh, Exactmate iPad. If you rely, if you wait for an adjuster to come (laughs) back with an estimate. One, your AR day, the gentleman from Toronto, uh, kind of to answer his question, you're, you're looking at an AR of 90 days, and two, you're probably getting, you're probably getting reimbursed, I don't know, 70, 80 mm-hmm. cents on the dollar of, of what you're actually owed. Right. So, no, uh, you've, got, you've got to be proactive about it and uh, get that out ASAP. Got it. You know, for, uh, I try to do it as soon as the job's done or when I know – we're past the hiccup phase and maybe just kind of tidying stuff up. I'm getting that estimate out at the very latest, 48 hours after our guys are out of their satisfaction document signed. Adjuster's got something on their desk. Good deal. Um, the reason I am still doing that is, I don't know, it, the estimating really kind of dictates the cash flow, and it's a really important piece of this business. And I've never used Xactimate. I've never had experience estimating before um, as it relates to insurance work. So I wanted to uh, – yeah, I'm still learning. You know, I'm not done there. i got a long way to go. I want to be an Xactimate expert at how to estimate, bill, and collect for water, fire, and mold restoration. Um, it's one of my goals. I mean that you can you can kick up your margins quite a bit by by having that piece down pat, knowing knowing what you can charge for, um, how to present it to the adjuster, all of that. It's really important. I was told this by I don't know if it was in our training or some other owners. I didn't really get what they were saying at the time, but it makes a lot of sense now. The actual work drying out a structure, while it's labor-intensive and it's work, it is by far the easiest thing we do in the whole process. You've got to have guys that know what they're doing, and you've got to do it correctly. I'm not trying to minimize that fact, but once we get into a wet basement, you know it's got to be done. It's not rocket science, man. We're professional evaporators. We go in, figure out what's wet, come up with a plan to dry it out, and execute it, right? The challenge is getting your name out there, marketing, not flub the communication between the adjuster and the homeowner during the process. Documenting everything. Small little, small little two-room basement water loss, super simple, no demolition, no nothing, just a straight dry out. I mean, we might have 150 pictures. Organizing, presenting that in a nice, clean packet with your estimate. Your estimate and our documentation tell the whole story of the water loss, what was done, and why we did it. You know, that takes a lot of work, um, and it's not easy, but 
it's important and it's, you know, as, as difficult, if not more difficult to get that right than it is to throw out structure. That answer your question? Sure, definitely. What else? Quiet group today. Uh, hey, Ryan, it's Stephanie here again. I have another question if uh, somebody yep. else doesn't want to jump in. Awesome. Um, how how much um, fund bu- buffer of funds did you start out with, if you don't mind me asking, um, you know, Obviously, when you're starting out, you know, the, there's the training and then the getting up and running and then the time to get your first job and then turn around to actually, you know, get paid for that. How much buffer did you kind of build in? Uh, and if you don't mind sharing that amount, was it enough? Was it, did you wish you had more? Uh, was it comfortable? Just kind of wanting to get a sense of that. Um, when I started out, so June 1, I had the the book says um, – folks I talk to, kind of what you read, said you should have about four months of operating expenses. I don't know what your operating expenses are going to be. Budget it out, add 20%, maybe add a, uh, an employee or two kind of on the tail end of that and make sure you got that stocked away. Um, I did that. I, I was working on, on jobs all day, every day, starting last June and July, and the phone kept ringing, and I kept working and adding folks. And... Um, we burned through that buffer pretty quick. It became clear that one van was not enough, that my IE, my initial equipment package that I had purchased was not enough, um, that our current team was not enough. So I said, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take a little, little gamble here. Um, and started spending, spending a little bit of money and you know, lived kind of on the, on the razor's edge for a lot of 2021. Um, was it right or wrong? I don't know. We got through it. Was it comfortable? Absolutely not. Um, it's kind of what your risk appetite is, I guess. My my goal kind of going into it is, hey, you know, I, I think there's something here. I think we can we can make money. I think I can stomach this for the first 18 months, 12 to 18 months, whatever that number is. Let's push and see what happens. Um, Early indication is, you know, that that might work out for us pretty well. But everyone's different. Everyone's risk tolerance is different. Figure out what your expen- your monthly expenses are going to be. Make sure you got four months of that stocked away. Cool. Got it. That's great. Appreciate it. No one <laughs> challenges. Yeah, I had a, uh, had a question. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. This is Corey um, Griggs. I'm out of Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, kind of piggybacking off a question from earlier regarding, like, dealing with the insurance and, like, the people that, like, own the properties, obviously. But, like, do you give them terms for payments or anything like that? There is standard... Um, there's standard uh, language in our work contract. It says 30 days. I have not altered that. Um, that's that's what our technical, that's what my technical agreement says. 30 days. That's for a homeowner. Insurance will pay you when they're good and ready. Sure. 
unfortunately. And unfortunately, but I think you said forty-three, so it's just a little bit over. <laughs> Terrible. Like, Forty. 43 days. You know, if we go in and do a small residential job that takes that takes 1,500 bucks, two grand, I'm collecting that at, uh, when the work is completed. Sure. Um, even if it's a self-paying, you drop a, you know, five, six, seven thousand dollar invoice on someone. I mean, I don't know. If if I was in their shoes, I, I don't I don't think it's necessarily right to say you owe you owe me five grand today. Um, so I give them a little bit of leeway and most insurance is, is pretty good. I've got some who pay right away. Some who are incredibly slow averages out to 43 days. I can manage 43 days. Yeah. So could I. I'm just kind of trying to fully understand, uh, what the expectation is of them. Um, I'm sure each carrier has got their, their own days to pay, but their general attitude is we get to you when we get to you. Some insurance carriers are are very good. I'll have an adjuster come on a job, and if it's under five grand, a lot of times they'll write a checkout right there. Um, a lot of them, we uh, we present it to the adjuster when we're done. Let's say you know we finish up the job today, the packet's on their desk tonight or tomorrow morning. You know, within five days, they're calling. Maybe we're haggling over just a few small things, and then five to seven business days after that, I got a check. And then you got the all states of the world who call you back after 90 days, yawn and say, Oh, uh, uh this one. Yeah. I forgot about you. Sorry. So, yeah. okay. Very helpful. Um, Ryan, the challenges. Yes, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I got nothing. I was just still in time, but figured someone okay. had to go. This is Wendell. Yeah, this is Wendell again, uh, Houston. Uh, where do you anticipate being at the end of your one year in terms of sales? Where, where do you see yourself uh, finishing up at? Ooh, for your um, annual sales. We're sitting at right at seven hundred now. Seven hundred and ten months. We are coming into you know theoretically our quote unquote busy season, April and May. Um, it's pretty wet up here in West Michigan. Um, so I, I'm, I'm pushing for a million in 12 months. If we get to 900, I'm, I'm still happy. 900 is probably a realistic goal. If we do a hundred in April and a hundred in May, we'll be at 900. That's cool. It's just like everything else though. I mean, it's a lot of work. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm married. I got, a, I got a five and a half year old son. Um, my wife's already pissed at me because I work too much. So, <laughs> you know, Welcome if I life. was, if, if I'm turning the phone off at, you know, seven, eight o'clock and taking Sunday off and, and this and that, we're not even close to that. Um, I don't know. I'm only, I'm only 39. I'm, I'm pushing. I'm trying to make some money. Uh, and I think that's the, that's the real driver. It's, it's nothing unique. I'm not God's gift to running a small business nor drying out a structure. I'm just working at it, man. I'm hungry. You know, when that, when that call comes in at 2 a.m., I'm annoyed, but I know that's a real call, and uh, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting some work out of it and charging after hours on everything. Right. You know, you, 
it's there. You just got to go get it. And it, it sounds mm-hmm. stupid and simple, but that's what I was told, and that's what I've done. And I don't know. Demand's there. Right. Demand's there. Do, do you anticipate continuing uh, 33 miles long term? Um, ideally, no. Um, what was sold to me kind of by our, our Restoration One training is, you know, use it for a year or two and, and, until you have got a good network built up in your territory. Ideally, um, ideally at some point, you know, we can, we can shut that down. Uh, I would, I would rather had build relationships locally and have those guys call me or one of my guys directly and getting some more repeat business than a, than a one-off, but I'm not in a position to just throw that one-off out. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a, I'm pretty personable guy. I like talking to folks. I like, I like being around people. Um, so if, the more of those actual, you know, human-to-human relationships I can get in our market, uh, I think it's, I think it's for the better. Good thing about thirty-three mile is um, I'm not a, I don't really like them so much as a company. I think they, whatever, it doesn't matter. But um, good thing is, you know, if you're busy, if I'm at capacity, you know, we're supposed to get a half inch of rain today. If I get two or three calls tonight, I, I can, I can pause it. I can turn it off for three hours, 12 hours, three days. So I'm not paying for those leads that I can't service anyways. So, you know, maybe, maybe we do kind of wean ourselves off it, but it's January. It's slow. I've got, I've got guys ready to work, you know, some excess labor, you know, I can kick that thing back on and kind of use it when or how you want. And you can kind of tailor tailor your market. I don't have a restoration one neighbor near me. So even though I own one territory, I market now about an hour hour away in, in every direction. Um, so you know I think a natural natural, you know, kind of next move is, is as, you know, our sales guys getting out there and we're getting work organically through that, I can kind of start tightening my my 33 mile range. I don't have to, I don't have to turn that on for Kalamazoo County, which is an hour away. Um, you know, maybe I just get to my county or a, a couple of counties and kind of, kind of tighten that circle up, and uh, you know, that, then flip it off. Uh, hey, Cole, it's Stephanie. Or, sorry, Ryan, it's Stephanie again. Um, just wondering, your territory, um, do you find that all, most of the business is directly in your territory, or have you noticed that some of your jobs are kind of leaching into outside of the territory, and do you service outside if there's no, you know, if there's, if there's need and demand out there? Um, that's a good question. I wish I had a, a better metric for you. I bet only 33% of our work, maybe a third, comes actually from our territory. But, um, you know, I can still market to an agent in my territory, and if his insured is out of my actual territory, that's, that's still our marketing person. You know, the, the, 
the insurance agents that I market to in our territory, their insurer doesn't have to live here to, to be able to service them. I'm marketing to someone in our territory who insures someone outside of our territory. That's, that's still fair game for us. So if you, like uh, Houston, Charleston, I know there are some restoration ones down there. If, if you get a network referral partner in your territory and he sends you to a job in your neighboring R1's territory, obviously give the guy a heads up, but that's your game. Don't go market to the agent in, in your, your neighbor's uh, territory. That's going to cause a little shit storm. But you can, if, if your referral partner in your network sends you somewhere else, go get it. Yeah, thanks for clarifying that down here in Charleston market, too, because yeah. I actually wouldn't have that market, but it's, you know, one of those things I'm looking at right now, it's like I could have, like, the island territories, which are really high-end vacation homes, but then also sure. inland-like property, and, like, one of the questions I have, too, it's like, is there a lot of value in a home that has a lot less value compared to a home that has a substantial value, and, like, how does that balance in terms of, like, the size of the job? Um, that makes good question. So we're Grand Rapids is it's got a little bit of everything, right? Um, yeah. Where we are, we're actually in in Ada, Michigan, which is if you just go by you know income of West Michigan, it's kind of in the in the in the really the really uh, high end of that spectrum. So you've got a it's not yeah. like millionaires row by any means, but it's. It's the nicest part of, of town, for sure, is what our territory covers. What's different about those jobs is, one, folks have insurance, right? You're not walking into an urban um, environment where the, the homeowner is uninsured or grossly underinsured. That's a big driver of if you close it or not. And, two, um, West Michigan, we have basements, uh, you know, a lot of – a lot of you folks might have crawl spaces or, you know, especially in the South, Charleston might not have basements. We have basements. Correct. Nice homes have, nice homes have finished basements. Um, it's just a lot more work to dry out a, uh, a, a finished basement with drywall, trim, baseboards, carpet, hardwood floors, whatever it is. Those are generally bigger jobs because it's not just a concrete slab down below. Yeah, and that makes sense. You know, I'm like just like thinking like out loud to myself, like, okay, there's multi on Sullivan's Island or Isle of Palm, there's houses from three to ten million dollars and then inland yep. you might be looking at some houses that are valued at two hundred fifty thousand or three hundred thousand dollars. So like but we, I clearly would think that the job size from a multi million dollar house would be different, but like still great potential with some of the others I would still think. It is. If it's just a if it's a standard water heater that breaks, which is a lot of our business. Um, you know, if that affects uh, an unfinished basement, it's really just sucking up concrete and setting dehues and a couple of removers and getting out of there. If that same water loss in the finished basement, you know, is affecting the same exact square footage. Sure. Now we're, now we're using some specially drawn equipment to, to perhaps dry out some, some walls. We're pulling the baseboard. We are, we're pulling up carpet so we can, um, you know, dry under it. We're cleaning the carpet when we're done. It's a lot of little things, but it's a it's a lot of little things that that add up and and really kind of pump that average job job cost up. Also, yeah. I feel um, I don't have any actual evidence of this, but my experience, I feel like in a higher end home, the way Restoration One has kind of taught us, and I guess 
how I'm trying to build our our business is the differentiator between Restoration One and some of the other large competitors that are national is our customer is the insured is the homeowner they get to dictate what we do. We provide them recommendations for how they should properly be dried and take care of the whole claim process for them. It's not an insurance company dictating this policy. So when I, <clears throat> so the, the customer is 100% first in our mind, people over profit. If I can't make someone happy, I do not think I can make any money in this business. So we are going out of our way to make sure the customer is happy and it's little things. It's wearing booties in their homes. It's placing that builder's board or, or, or canvas, you know, through our, through our walkway when we're hauling in equipment, hauling out stuff. Um, just kind of that high customer touch, I feel like, is, is more appreciated by someone in a higher-end home. I, I, I can't explain it, but it seems to me that they're – more appreciative of that extra level of service. Understood. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with that. Um, um, I had another question, if you don't mind, too. Like, um, did you do a full-size territory, or I believe it's called a micro-territory? Uh, I think it's – I don't know if I had the option. I think it's full-size. It's, I don't know, 200 and – 250,000, right? 70, okay. 270,000, something like that. Okay. Thank you. Hey, Ryan, just uh, curious. So um, thanks for the answer on the job, like being right in the territory versus um, just outside. Are you finding your employees are living uh, right in your direct territory or outside? And I guess the second question to that is when the jobs that are out and other territories or, or just further out, are you seeing pushback from employees to kind of get there and, and do the work, or or they're they're good to they're good to be flexible based on what's needed? And they're they're good to go. I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but my guess is they'd rather get paid for an hour of windshield time versus an hour of hauling equipment to a basement. You know, they're getting paid the same. Um, two of our guys live about 40 minutes from our office, and the balance live within 15 or so minutes um, uh, of where we're at. It's it's not a it's not a big deal. I feel like, at least in our area, uh, a lot of folks commute to you know 30, 45 minutes isn't really that crazy of a commute. Um, it does. It affects our margins, I guess. You know, when we go down and take that Kalamazoo job, when we don't, when we don't get a, um, when we go down and scope it out, and and nothing comes of it, you know, that's that's money that I'm eating. I'd rather, if it's going to be a dud or no work come out of it, I'd rather be next door. But if it's an insurance job, um, we can charge for that travel time, and that is almost always paid. Not every time, but almost always, there is a line item for travel. You just got to be very specific. And, and when I make this note, I say, um, I just set one out yesterday. It, the home was eight, 90 miles away. I said, look, this is 90 miles away from our shop. It takes us an hour and 20 minutes to get there. I am charging you two hours and, or whatever, two hours and 50 minutes 
of travel time every time we went on that job. And most adjusters, if you present it to them properly, have no issue paying paying that. They can't say uh, we, we don't we don't we don't pay that. So what do you mean? Your customer, your insured, has the right to choose whomever they want to do this work. They chose us because of the value that we provide them. You can't spend. This was our direct cost to service your insured, our customer. And they say, oh, rah, rah, rah. on the next one, I'm not paying it. And then you go through the rigmarole the next one. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you have the justifiable um, means to charge that, and there shouldn't really be um, an issue there. But it's it's not it's let's say that's a self paid job and you know the customer's got a five thousand dollar budget and you're bumping up on that just with your work. Now it just comes down to business decision. Do you wanna eat whatever, ten hours of travel time, six hours of travel time, whatever the number is, because you know that the homeowner that wants you, they got kind of a hard cap. They just don't have that extra cash. Now it's now you gotta put your, your owner's hat on and decide if it's worth it. Can you, does it still make financial sense to not get compensated for that extra travel time and, and do the job? Break it down. Try to job cost the best you can. Maybe it still makes sense. Maybe there's enough profit in there for you that you'll happily eat that six hours of wasted windshield time to, to do that job. Maybe you're bending over already and just don't have the room and say, hey, I can't do it. Maybe I can take X, Y, and Z off your scope and still charge you that five grand. Can we do that? And maybe that works for them. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, that It gets frustrating sometimes, but I kind of thrive off that, especially my background in trading. Like We did the same stuff every day, but every day was different. The market conditions are always different. In this, every homeowner, every job's a little bit different. And there's always, on even straightforward ones, there's always some wrinkle somewhere. Maybe it's nothing and you can just hop right over it. Maybe you really got to think about it and make some hard decisions on, you know, if, if you want that work or not or how to go about something. Keeps it interesting, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That makes sense. Thanks so much. I mean, it's, it's sometimes, like you said, uh, people over profit. So getting the job done, um, you know, making it work, and then you just don't know where that, you know, business is going to lead down the road. So definitely a, a more business-minded decision. That all makes sense. Thanks so much. We had a people over profits. We had a, uh, this was, we finished the job right over the 4th of July, so we got it within our first month of business. It ended up being an $8,000 job. If I did that job today, I could probably charge 50% more. That's probably a $12,000 job. Um, it just, I, I was not comfortable with exactly how to bill and everything and stand on top, but my concern was making that customer happy. This customer lived in a very... Uh, high-end home. He was the head legal counsel for the largest hospital system in West Michigan. He was thrilled, wrote us a great review, wrote us a great letter, and five weeks ago, he calls me up and says, hey, Mr. Cole, my next-door neighbor's just got a massive water loss. Will you please go help her out? She doesn't know what to do. Went over there, uh, 18 grand, because we made that other guy happy. 
You know, someone asked earlier about what I'm doing for marketing. I don't have a full-time salesman, but keeping your customer happy on a job, that's marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we go in and give them kind of the Walmart service of, of some other competitors and, you know, not there over the holiday weekends, not going the extra mile, talking them through everything, making them feel comfortable, we don't get that referral. Who's next? I think I've got everything I needed. A couple things that I, I, I guess, overestimated when I was in your shoes. Um, one is um, labor, this finding, attracting good people. Uh, coming from a white-collar background, the thought never occurred to me that someone would accept, would accept job and the day they were supposed to show up, just don't show up, don't call, you never hear from them again. Um, after you drug tested them, after you've spent money doing a background check on them, after you set up their first, first week or two schedule and how you're going to train them, they just ghost you. Stuff like that, I, I didn't foresee. I spent a little bit more money than I had budgeted out of the gate just getting a set up with, with equipment to handle, you know, a couple of jobs and, and some extra labor. Um, and depending on your background, it is sometimes the, the guy making, you know, 18, 20 bucks an hour who's maybe a 20-year-old kid, he's incentivized a little different than, you know, uh, an adult who's, who's been in a professional role before. So figuring out what makes them tick. Um, you know, some, some kids would, would rather not get time and a half over a weekend and, you know, give them two 10 hour days at, at time and a half. They'd rather, they'd rather go drink beers by the fireplace and, and go ride their, their quad runners up on the sand dunes, which everyone needs that sometimes. But when you make that decision over and over, you kind of head scratch and like, dude, you can, <laughs> you make, 30 bucks an hour for 20 hours. And they're just like, nah, I'm good. I got, I got my bills paid for the month. Said, okay. Plan B. Honey, uh, I'm sorry. It looks like I'm working all weekend. I'll see you Monday. <laughs> you know, it's, it's always, it's, it's always something. Um, also the thing I underestimated, and this is a positive in general, you go out and our average dry time is about four days. So we're in and out the whole thing within five days. We leave them. People are generally grateful. They're just like, wow, I called you and I had a basement full of poop water. Um, everything's clean, sanitized, doesn't stink, and it's totally dry. Thank you so much. That's awesome. You're awesome. People are pretty grateful. We don't – West Michigan in general, folks are nice, right? They're friendly. It's just, I don't know. West Michigan, nice. It's kind of a thing. So that may be a function of our market. You're probably not going to get the same reaction in Brooklyn. But people are pretty grateful for what we do. And we generally, adjusters and, and homeowners and agents see value in our service, and they're grateful for us. We always get the one-off, just kind of ass, but you're going to get those, right? Ryan, it's Richard in Canada again. 
have you found as you have grown the need to get a shop right away, or have you been very functional at operating out of the van, perhaps from your residents or your employees taking a vehicle home? Uh, what would you say as we begin the process should we be looking at? Um, I did the math. I wanted to make something work where I didn't have to get a shop in an office. Um, I had worked from home full-time pre-pandemic for a couple of years. I got a nice office set up there. I just didn't have the space for all the equipment in my I mean, I could I could have fit it in my garage, but, you know, uh, my five-year-old's got so much stuff in there now, uh, it, it just would have kind of clogged things up. Um, employees coming and going. It kind of depends on where you live. If I lived in a little bit more rural area and I had my pole barn out back, which some guys do, you don't need anything fancy, you don't need anything huge, but if you had a good spot to, you know, do that where you live, it's a no-brainer. Um, for me, I got an office pretty quick. I, I wanted to bring on some guys. It's just little things. Where am I going to – do I want – we got four vehicles. Do I want four vehicles parked in my driveway every night? Do I want folks coming and going? Um, little thing, but it's real. Um, let's say you got a couple of guys. They come in in the morning after coffee and need to, need to go potty. Um, is your significant other cool with them just coming in the house? Do you have them stop off at the gas station? I don't know, something to think about. I got a office um, pretty much when we opened, pretty much June 1. And it's not a very good office. I love the location. Um, it's got an office space, which is way too big, and it's just got like a big pulling garage, which I could use twice as much garage space and a quarter of the office space. It's kind of, it's kind of what's in your market, what's, what's in the budget. If if you can't, I tried to go like the large um, large storage unit route. I just couldn't find anything that was remotely convenient. It just I, I couldn't put it together. That was my first stop. I, I knew we needed something, and I thought I could save some some money by doing that. I just couldn't figure out a good good place to do it. The the one that I found wouldn't allow overnight parking, so I couldn't park my vehicles there. Um, the other one could, but they only had one smaller unit available that wasn't going to do us much good. Uh, here in here in the uh, the Midwest, you know, a lot of this equipment you cannot keep in an unheated van in the winter. Um, our dehues are about twenty eight hundred bucks each they still hold some water in there even after they purge. You know, you leave those out when it gets 10 degrees at night, they're going to freeze up, and that's a catastrophic failure for a dehue. you got to have somewhere to put that, somewhere heated. Now we're getting into spring, summer, uh, you know, I'll leave that stuff in the van. It's not a big deal, but from, from late October until last week, you know, a lot of that stuff we're, we're pulling out and putting the heated shop. If I had a Thanks little pole that. barn out back, if, if, if I had a little pole barn, you know, uh, on my property where I could pull in and clean stuff up and store all the equipment and, you know, a little break room for the, for the guys to, you know, have lunch or something, that would have been fantastic because you don't need a big fancy shop or office. You just need something where you can get a, get a truck in and, you know, park 
some of your equipment. Yeah, thanks, Ryan, for the run-through. That was uh, very helpful. Appreciate it. Anyone here with restoration experience, or are you all like me and totally green? Green. We're green. No experience. All right. All right. Are you guys looking at a bunch of different franchises, or are you kind of looking harder at restoration for one reason or another? I'm personally looking hard at restoration one. Good group of guys. It's it's uh, just a big network of like-minded folks that, you know, I still have a ton to learn from these guys. I walked away from, you know, a four-day convention scratching my head thinking I don't know the first thing about how to dry out someone's house and what the hell I've been doing for the last 10 months. But, you know, that's kind of what you want. Lots lot to learn. Mm-hmm. Cool. I got nothing else. Uh, I'm happy to answer more questions for the next 15 or so minutes, but if no one has anything else, I'll hop. Uh, Last chance for anyone? All right. Um, You should all have my email. If anything else pops up, feel free to shoot me an email. And uh, good luck with everything. I, I was just there, so I get it. It's stressful. It's exciting. It's a lot of work that you're not getting paid for, but it's all good stuff, so... Opportunity is pretty good with Restoration One. Um, you know, if I had to do it all over again, I, I would. I'm still, you know, this obviously can change, but I'm I'm happy with my decision and made a lot of mistakes along the way for sure. But I'm more excited about the opportunity that I see for this business. That's more exciting to me than you know the the money we've you know collected so far. If that makes any sense. Cool. All right. Very good. Well, enjoy the rest of your day, folks. Thank you uh, for the time. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for your time. Appreciate you, Ryan. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Ryan. Good good luck with everybody. All right.